are live. Everybody, but we're also on uh, tape. We are deep down in the bowels. Ah, how do you know that? Episode 120 of Camaloopsa last week. Christopher Folds, Magic Mike, and Bill. 20, 120. Camus Blazers. They're on a real bad, bad slide right now, it's right? It's a tough right? season. It's though. a tough season. Yeah. People saw it coming. We didn't think it would be this bad, but it's pretty bad. Yeah. But anyway, moving forward. Camus Blazers have it's had dozens season. and building dozens season. and dozens and dozens of NHL draft picks, right? Like okay. dozens, several dozen. But only one has ever been drafted at 120th overall in the NHL draft. And it's Davis Parley. He was played goal for the Blazers from 99 to 03. He was chosen by the Florida Panthers. Fourth round, 2000. 120th overall. Spent, had a good career in the minors, never made the NHL. But there's the 120th. How did you dig that one up? I just remember that. It's just No, like... I didn't remember that. I looked it up. But I just, I just figured that. Davis Parley, I remember him when I moved here. He was two years removed, and there were people still talking about him because he was in that 99 year. I think, who was it? Uh, who was it? Clark was the coach. They went to the Western Final and lost to Calgary. You know, I was thinking who he's like, Matt Ray, Damon. And, Ray well, yeah, Ray Ray Man. Man, but he's also like Matt Damon and Goodwill Hunting, you know, the chalk. The chalk, it's a lot more like him because he had the, the dark past, like the Abbotsford past, but he's, just, he's got this genius too. He's like in the chalkboard and, and also he's kind of like uh, Russell Crowe in A Beautiful Mind. Mm. With all these things, you know, he just he sees things and has these numbers in his head all the time. I also, um, I, I left it in the... I had a candle. It's, guess whose birthday it is today? I know, right? Guess who's 40 years old today? No, I'm not. 40, 40 years old. I'm 39. <laughs> and I had, I had this nice candle that I asked. I texted my wife and said, where's the birthday candles? Do we have any? And she pointed me to the drawer. Nice silver candle. I think it fell out in you the car. You bundled the gift? There's no candle? No candle, but there's your... There's your oh, candle. unbelievable. Is this what's cranberry orange? Yes. Oh, wow. And... Uh, I think I was trying to put, yeah, I guess it fell out when I was getting out of the car. Anyway. I'm shocked you remembered. Happy 40th, buddy. It's not 40, it's 39. It's well, 40. you know, it's, it's funny, Chris, because I, too, brought <laughs> mini donuts Whoa. and cranberry orange off muffins. So let me. Uh, You're shopping local? And there's donuts. Grab a donut. I don't like the. Uh, yeah, but those have cream inside them. Oh, that's Thanks. Weird. Okay. I can't eat till 10. Thanks. That's okay. good. Yeah. Wow. Thank you. Good. Yes. <clears throat> Do you remember when you turned 39? I remember I turned 40, absolutely. Yes, I was, uh, my daughter was uh, 10, 10 or 11. My son was 8, so quite a while ago. You have a big party? 40th? 40? No, I don't think so. I did. Did you? I did. And and uh, my wife is one year older than I am, so I thought, whatever I want, I'm going to do for her. So I threw her a big party, and that uh, Sunday... It was perfect. I, I got up at 2 o'clock in the afternoon. We were watching a movie together. Went straight to the main bathroom in the house and started cleaning the toilet. And she busted down the door. She goes, who's coming over? And uh, it was, she doesn't like surprise parties. But for my 40th birthday party, we had a, a surprise. It wasn't really a surprise, but it was a big bash. And we had my band get together from when I was 20. Oh, nice. And we had a jam session and, and all sorts of stuff. Where it was, was it? It was at my house, actually. At your house. Nice. And all my neighbors and all the staff from the shop came. And it was really great. Cool. So I'm really excited about your birthday because... Uh, I'm going to Twisted Steak tonight. Uh, Sonia, my girlfriend, is taking me out for a steak dinner at Twisted Steak. So looking forward to that. That's the, that's the big night. She's moving in in January. So yeah. big, big. It's good. Our boy's growing up. <laughs> yes, yeah. Okay, great show today. Fantastic show today. 
Uh, we're debuting a new segment. Are you excited about this, Mike? Debuting? Yeah. De- I, like, I like debuting, yeah. I like the debut. I like saying debut better than debut. Debuting, yeah. And uh, it's the last week media clique segment. So every month we're going to have a panel of media folk in, in town. This week we have James Peters from CFJC. You and him have an issue. Oh, yeah. I'm trying to resolve it, but... Uh I don't know. It's pretty deep-seated, so... Yes. And Kristen Holiday Break Holiday from Castanet, who took about a 39-week vacation this year that we'll have to ask her about as well. <laughs> I don't know what their vacation plan is at Castanet, Well, wow, 39 weeks. It was a lot of vacation. <laughs> so they're probably just plotting to kill more media in town. That's what they're doing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh. oh. Ooh. <laughs> it's not Castanet. It's, the, it's, the, it's, it's their parent company, the evil overlord. Glacier? Yeah. Um, a cool guest for you, too. Somebody you know well. Brent Swicker, and we know well too. Yeah, Brent's a good he's, guy. Uh, he's killing it. He's always been behind the blues scene for for years and years, and and uh, he had the blues underground that he helped start way back when too. Yeah, he's he's a, a character and Such a great a nice guy. guy. Such Super a humble nice. guy. Mm-hmm. We've had many a pint with him at the Fox and Hound. Yep. It was like a standing date Thursday afternoon. Eagles, Peter Mutch would show up. We'd there have a beer, and Brent always loved a shepherd shepherd's pie. Brent had his, de- uh, his reserve table there. Reserve should table. We should get that going again. Yeah. King of the Fox. Now, anyway, he won a huge award. The Toronto Blues Society's Blues Booster of the Year Award, a national award. Mm-hmm. Amazing. He does a lot. Yeah. He does a lot. So we'll have him on the show. Next week, big news again, too. You're going to love this because you loved this last year, our Christmas special, Buddy. I know him! <laughs> <laughs> Buddy and Santa, they're coming back. So we've got Buddy the Elf and Santa Claus will be here next week on our show for our Christmas special. Yeah. I'm asking, if you're out there watching and you have kids, send us a video, short videos, very short, asking a question for either Buddy or Santa. So I'll- you want the kids sending you a video asking questions for Santa Claus? Yes. Okay, yeah. yeah. Did I screw that up? Kind of. <laughs> it sounded like you wanted the parents to send the video. Where did they oh, send yeah, I want the, want the I want the parents to film their kids asking the question. Please play Cardi and I am five years old and my question is today um, why do how do elves make toys when they're so tiny? Oh, there's a question for uh, email it to you. And email it to Camloops last week at Gmail. Will that work, Bill? Will the files be too big for them to email to me? Gmail should be okay. Gmail uh, should Gmail be okay. Should be good, yeah. So Camloops last week at gmail.com. Very short. Ask a question for Santa and Buddy. I'll compile them. They're usually pretty cute. We'll ask Buddy and Santa to answer the questions. For the, for the kids. That was a great episode. I, I had the picture from last year with Santa Claus and Buddy the Elf. Yes. Uh, and that reminded me. It's, it's great. Yeah, it's yep. going to be good. Do you have a most memorable Christmas? Did you get Christmas gifts growing up <laughs> in Abbotsford? <laughs> <laughs> we got some gifts. I remember the best gift. The, the gift I remember the most when I was a kid was what, when I was, uh, there were six of us, or four of us living at home and two older siblings elsewhere. But um, I remember, why, and it's, it's just weird because you remember the weirdest things, yeah. but I remember... Uh, my younger brother and me got flashlights. Oh, yeah. Little flashlights, like candy, like really bright red and bright blue. And we got all the other gifts, too. And then, but we just ran down to the basement, unfinished basement, 1,500 square foot townhouse. Uh, uh, and, and we turned the lights out and we just like this all lightsabers day. almost yeah. but you don't really like Star Wars no I don't know about Star Wars Captain Kirk and all that but what I do know is that when we went down there it wasn't it wasn't lightsabers we were just we were just fascinated by just this stupid it's like when you have a baby when, when kids are little and you, and you get them a present uh, or when they're real little and invariably they, they, they're fascinated by the box yeah you know, exactly the yeah. same type of thing yeah. so, what yeah. about you Mike? I'm still flummoxed by the Captain Kirk reference with Star Wars. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Do you know what his middle name is? 
Tiberius. There you go. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> Bill knew that. Everybody too. knows that. That's it's just simple. Um, so uh, my most memorable Christmas gift was a guitar when I was fourteen, and that uh, really changed a lot for That's me. Your career, yeah. basically. Mm-hmm. That's yeah. a yeah. game changer yeah. for you. Yeah. Yeah. We used to get the Rock'em Sock'em video in our stocking. Yeah. yeah. And I remember lots of gifts, but I remember more like it was a tradition after we in the morning open our gifts as a family. I just go in and yeah. couldn't wait to pop in Rock'em Sock'em. Oh, Cherry's Rock'em Sock'em. My mom would be cooking oh. big. You know, I could smell it still. You know, while yeah. I'm watching watching the hits and seeing what Don had to say. It's the best. You probably love that. <laughs> I have too. no idea what Rock'em Sock'em <laughs> yeah. is. <laughs> Every year, yeah, we got those too. They're great. How about Fantastic. you, Bill? Yeah. Oh. There's no memorable Christmas no, for no. Bill. <laughs> no. Aww. Okay, well, let's move on then uh, to talk about a few things we're going to talk about later with the media panel, but we're going to team up now, get Foldsy's take on some of them as we do. Um, City Council, they decided against a third-party review of the BC housing shelter situation um, from the provincial government, correct? What, what's going on there? Yeah, this, Why? this was uh, yeah. Mayor Reed Hamer Jackson. That was the main plank of his platform when he ran for mayor. Is he, he, sa- he said he wants to uh, you know, clean up the city, uh, try to make it safer, try to get people off the streets and into rehab and all that. But he, his, his, one of his big things was he wanted the provincial government to do a third-party review of all the BC housing shelters and supportive housing uh, that are operated by basically CMHA and Ask Wellness Society in Kamloops. And that, that he wanted to do that. He kept trying to do it um, in in I think it was uh, fall of 2021, David Eby, who was who's now premier but was then housing minister, the council of that day before this council, they asked if they would do a review just to see how things are going. But he said, no, we're not going to do a review of the facilities there. And so that letter is what the current council is staking their position on. They're saying, hey, we've already they already said they're not doing it. If we ask for it, we're just we're just shouting into the wind. It's a waste of time. The government already said they're not going to do it. And they think it might hurt. Relationships. They think, and they think. Yeah, Kitty Newstater mentioned um, that she feels that if they if they do this, Kelly Hall said the same thing in another way. But um, it just strains the relationship between the so- social service service providers. You know, the Mustard Seed, the um, or the Ask Wellness, and the CMHA. It just shows that there's uh, maybe a lack of trust or a lack of confidence in them. They they feel it's just it's just not good for relationship building. And they argue. The council argues that we already know what's needed. We already know what what the shortcomings are. We need more wraparound services. We need more counselors, we need more caseworkers, we need more um, outreach workers. We need more. Uh, so we know we need more. So rather than ask for a review that council believes will probably show what we already know we need, let's just keep working together, lobby the government together, and they feel that's a stronger way to get what they need. But the mayor says lots has changed in the past yeah. two years. And he has a point here, I think, in that they both have points. Uh, the council has a point in saying that we already know what the problems are. It's, it's obvious to anybody, but it's just a matter of getting, getting the funds and the resources. But the mayor says, well... The council keeps talking, saying they've already said no. Well, that was two years ago. That was in 2021 um, when David Eby was housing minister. The housing minister now is Ravi Kalan. He might he might be more receptive to it. And I, and I get what the mayor is saying when he said, and, and not only the mayor, a lawyer in town, David Paul, he called in during a open Q&A segment or open public inquiry sec- segment yesterday. But he was kind of mistaken. He thought that the council was declining the offer of a third-party review from the provincial government. And the councillors kept saying they want to clamp down on that misinformation. David Paul misunderstood the, um, it's in the agenda, and he, he misunderstood what, there's, what they were doing because it was a convoluted way. Councillors going back and saying, we don't want to review to something you've already denied. It was kind yeah. of a weird thing. So the lawyer thought that council was declining an offer for a review. No, council was just saying, look, it, 
you use, the government said we're not going to have a review two years ago. We're reaffirming that we don't want a review, but, but we want to say, the, the motion also said that we want to put on record our support to work with these, pla these places to, to make things better. Uh, and, but since then, um, there's a new housing minister. The government has done at least three reviews of the three specific cities, uh, Maple Ridge, Coquitlam, and Penticton, at the request of those municipalities since that letter came to Kamloops. So if other cities can ask for and get a review, which showed that they, those places are doing good, 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 good work in Maple Ridge, in Coquitlam, and Penticton, but every, all three reviews, independent reviews, showed that there's much more that can be done and gave recommendations. As David Paul says, I agree with him and, and, the, and the mayor, what's the harm? I don't know if I buy the whole thing is, is you're going to uh, antagonize or, or antagonize or alienate or, or cause friction in your relationship because what agency doesn't want to be better? What agency doesn't do core reviews? I don't think the city has yet, even though there's been a lot of promises by council candidates in the past, but what agency wouldn't welcome? Look, tell me what I'm doing right, tell me what I'm doing wrong, help me get better. That's how I look at it. Okay. Do you have any thoughts on that? Lots of thoughts. Um, I, 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 don't, I don't see any problem with asking for a review. The worst thing that can happen is they can say no. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah, so I'm... Does I'm, it cost money? No, it's a third-party review. So it, well, it costs the province money, so I guess we all pay for it in our taxes, but the city itself wouldn't be paying for it. The provincial government would be paying for it. And, and it's gotten a lot different in the last two years. Sure. Just, just look, like we, I saw somebody with a fire warming their hands in front of... Um, on, a, on the frontage road in Bellevue, so yeah, so I could see both sides of that argument, and I and I do see, you know, Bill Sarai made a point of this is, you know, what this is, it's becoming a waste of time. We keep talking about the same thing over and over and over. We're not going to get the review in their point, so let's just try to use our time proactively and and and, and effectively and, and do something else. So I, I see both sides of it. Mm -hmm. I mean, I don't see a problem in saying, hey, review them. You might find. You know, extreme deficiencies as a third-party review. You might find that they're doing a, a great job with with what resources they have. Mm -hmm. um, again, it's all your perspective. I, I think both sides have a point, but I, I don't. I don't think there, there, there's a problem in asking the new housing minister, "Hey, can you review these places and see what's working, what's not working?" And may, maybe you have some really great ideas from other communities you can implement here. This story kind of ties into our next one, which is about the torch vehicle on the mayor's. Um, Yes, and I forgot to locked. take a look when I drove by today like an idiot. But anyway, um, <laughs> you the drove mayor, like an idiot today? No, oh. like an idiot. <laughs> I, I was planning to drive by the mayor's now dormant. Well, yeah. it's, it's, it's dormant in that there's no business being done there, but he owns True Auto Market, which is a uh, new and used car lot on Victoria Street. Um, West Victoria Street West, right where all the some of the social housing is, and a lot right. of problems are in town. And he um, he has he, he has a couple of vehicles just sitting there, uh, and one SUV has been set ablaze a few times by people. Um, I think reportedly they're trying to keep warm. They go inside, they maybe light a fire, and the thing goes up in flames. It's, it's wrecked, mm -hmm. um, and so because it's been set ablaze a few times. By, um, by, by people who are out in the street. The, um, the Camus Fire Department, Camus Fire Rescue Chief, has ordered it to be removed. He says it's a, it's a hazard because it keeps, it's attracting people and it's, and, and it's close by another building, it could cause a bigger fire. Hmm. And so he said on Monday, which was uh, two days ago, December 10th, 9th? Uh, 11th. 11th. He, uh, he ordered it out. He said, you gotta tow it out. And the mayor says, I'm not gonna tow it out because I have a right under my auto dealer's license to have I can have 50 wrecks on my, because there's valuable parts in there. When we asked him that last week, I asked him last week, uh, are you going to, um, why don't you get rid of it? He says, well, there's, um, you know, there's, you know, the transmission's good. There, there's stuff in there that's valuable. 
And I and said, he, why not? He was just... also waiting for insurance too, wasn't he, or something? I like think that? he might have said that, but yeah. uh, but he, he argues that that um, it's 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 no uh, it's it's no more of a um, of a uh, of a of a hazard than any car in town in which someone wants to set a blaze, and he has a right to do that. And then he pointed across the street to the Rose Thorn Social Housing and to the Emerald Center Shelter and all the calls and, and calls. says there's like 800 calls last year. I think this year to the to the end of September, in yesterday's council meeting, the fire chief said there's been about 150 calls through those places, so it's down a lot through through the first nine months of this year. But he said he pointed there and says, well, that's where the problem is. That's where the problem started. So focus on there, and so there's a there's a sort of standoff there. So he had 48 hours to remove the car, and if he didn't do it, uh, the city was going to do it and then tow it away. Uh, store it and if necessary um, dispose of it and they were going to bill him for that so I was going to hmm. drive by today to see well it's been 48 hours is it still is there? The car there and I and I was just I got busy and I forgot to look but that's what's happening there okay did you take the gondola out to Maca Ranch uh, I was not aware there was a gondola there but uh, I'm excited about gondolas and uh, recent events have made me more aware of gondolas and uh, Maybe I think it hasn't been constructed yet I think they should do it though, because you can imagine having a gondola and being able to go for a ride into greener pastures, because they have very green pastures at Macca Ranch. And what else do they have there? The happiest animals that you could ever find. They're happy. It's good, clean food. Chicken's on special right now. It's so good. Mm. And it's so cheap right now. It's $6.50 per pound. The birds are an average about four to six pounds for these chickens. So instead of having a turkey dinner, why don't you think about having a chicken dinner and shopping local at a local independent business like Macca Ranch? They have December specials as well, Mike. And there's no um, steroids or hormones or anything like that, or pesticides. No even. pesticides. They have the pork package and the farm package. So you bundle it up, you save between 15 bucks and 20 bucks on each one. I'll run some of the posters they have right now so the, the great viewers can see it. You can um, get it delivered too. They, they deliver to Kamloops, as we know, so you don't have to take that gondola out there. Check them out, macaranch.ca. You can email them to It's info at macaranch.ca. And I'd like to make an announcement right now. I'm going to order some lamb from them. And this is lamb. my order. I'm telling them right now that I'm ordering some lamb from Macaranch, and I want it delivered by Big Mike. Okay, well, I'll, 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 I'll match you there, and I'm going to order some steaks. Look at that. There you go. And uh, Mike... <laughs> You, I'd like some lamb chops. Okay, okay. You know, we'll talk about this. I didn't realize this was going to happen. So there we go. Yeah, we're going to get the ball rolling for Macca Ranch and and get uh, get some good if clean there's food. A, there's a minimum order. I'm going to need some. Uh, <laughs> well, yeah, you owe him money. Speaking you owe him money of still. money, ten yeah. bucks. Yeah, yeah, I'll get it to you. Ten bucks from last. <clears throat> week. We get time for one topic again um, before we talk about Terry Low Low Low. Um, how about the the congestion on Lansdowne? Uh, uh, what's going on with that? They're doing a review to try to get, uh, if you've gone down Lansdowne anytime during the day, usually in the morning or afternoon rush hours, uh, Lansdowne goes west. And um, the lights really don't match up and you're always backed up. And um, it's crazy sometimes, right? It's nuts. So um, they're trying to fix it around first at City Hall, first in Lansdowne. And um, they figure if they can, um, change some of the lanes, add a, add a second northbound lane turning left, it would change the light patterns and they're going to sync something up with the, um, with the train, the train li uh, light at the second so that it's a little more effective and fluid. But they're doing a review and they're going to talk to some people. But one of, the, one of the proposals, the proposal is to get rid of that lane, you know, as you're coming into the city on, um, 
Um, if you're coming, uh, you're turning up First Avenue and you want to take a left into Victoria Street, that would be blocked off now. You'd have to go up to Seymour and come around as part of this plan. And that was a little concerning. Nancy Beppo mentioned for cyclists, they don't want to go all the way up like this. How do they cross? It's just a little thing, but it's, it's a big thing to the businesses there because if you improve the access, improve the, improve the flow of traffic by this plan, you close off one of the only accesses to Victoria Street um, and some businesses there might say that that's going to impact their business. You're downtown business. You're not exactly right down that area. No, you're east of downtown. As yeah, I say, I've, I've, we've got our own parking yeah. lot. Yeah. Uh, but good. but I've had businesses downtown and and where I've relied on parking in the streets and 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 traffic flow and stuff like that. And I think you got to make it easy and not confusing for uh, consumers to come to your shops. Yeah. It's so. um, the, the the ministry has a ministry of highways I think it is or the it's a national actually trans, transportation um, department has a uh, has a list a a to e a a to f uh, a means the traffic is flowing really well b is a little bit congested and it's the, each each street is is ranked based on flow and Lansdowne Street is the second worst it's 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 e which is uh, you know always clogged all the time and f is like standstill stuff f is like I'm not to, down there enough I don't notice that enough it's really like, bad. It's yeah. tough. Yeah, it's tough. It's, it's tough. I mean, it's, it's. I mean, for Kamloops, is bad. It's nothing like going yeah. to, going to Vancouver, and it takes you just as long to get from Langley to Vancouver as it does to get from Kamloops to Abbotsford, right? Because yeah, it is, gets blocked up. Sounds a bit like Kamloops problems. Like but it, it is pretty bad. I mean, it is bad. It's, you can sit there and, and and wait three or four lights before you even move a block. You won't care about crazy. the safety of the pedestrians or the cyclists. You well, I'm just I'm just glad I'm just glad that 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 cycling thing got canceled because then it would be we probably go down be to, to Z on that list because it would be like <laughs> we're going backwards. Maybe what we should do is have a gondola that goes. over over Lansdowne. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, we could be I'm, the city of gondolas. Yeah. Do you know what? Speaking, <laughs> speaking of that, you know what? Um, because we're speaking about gondolas on the show for a lot, mm-hmm. I'm getting some uh, Twitter re- re- uh, replies, X replies, whatever it's called. And um, there was a gondola in Kamloops that was went from Mission Flats up to behind where the city workshop is now and it was done during the war to get supplies up there because we were an inland war port and there's a wartime gondola, wartime gondola and it was yeah. used so the so the so the armaments would come to the train station and they had this special trolley car that would go down to mission flats and onto the gondola and up and don't people, tell me that gives you some kind of people for your argument Maybe we can resurrect that people went up the gondola and and i'm looking for it this week because i got Nothing but time. I'm going to go up there because I was told there are remnants of the gondola you could find there in, at the lower part of the Kanakarite part, north of the, the city workshop. Cool. Well, so there cool. you go. I mean, that's a good if fact. If it's good it enough to fight the Nazis, it's good enough for right now in 2023. But no, you, know, you, you don't care about authoritarian governments. You probably liked what Hitler did. It's horrible, horrible what you're saying here. So It's the second time in two I'm just weeks saying. Reed made a Hitler comment yes. to me on his way out the Well, I'm just saying, day. you should... Look yourself in the mirror and say, if you want to fight fascism, support the gondola. Gondolas. I want to fight high taxes and pointless idiots making dumb, dumb decisions like that. That's what I want to do. High taxes? How about overpass or $10 million to nowhere? I, I, like I don't. I don't actually like that. Yes. I don't. I don't. I, I'm yes. just. I'm playing devil's advocate yes. with you on that one. I don't, I don't think the overpass is a good idea. I just like to fire you up. Okay, but you know what was a good idea? What we did last weekend, Mike, wasn't it? It, it totally was. Uh, Chris, why don't you say what we did last weekend? Well, last weekend, we saw the river was really low again, and we thought, well, we've been in nature enough here. We have been really, in nature way too much. much. So like we, decided, we decided, we went downtown, and we decided to go into the Blue Grotto, because they had that L- legendary that, that show on Saturday night, the three bands that 
decoys and uh, th yeah. two other bands. And of course, Marty, he was up there, you know, buying shooters and stuff like that. And but there was also a car show on in there too. It was a it was a concert slash car show. And who dominated? Who had the best cars on display? I think it was definitely Volkswagen. It was Volkswagen. And who was there? Terry Lowe. And he walks up to Chris and he starts explaining the new lease program. And he says those numbers that get you going. And I dropped my beer. 4.99%. So I dropped my beer. That's lower than bank rate. Everywhere. It is. <laughs> it's just, it is. He yeah. was dumbstruck. He was flummoxed. He was bound. He starts walking around the bar like he's walking dead, right? Just yeah. like running into people. And he, it was a scene. Well, I dropped my Heineken. <clears throat> it smashed everywhere. Went on to me. Should have had a PBR. And yeah. my shirt was all. My shirt was wrecked. That's when we started doing body shots. That's right. And it got really bad because I have a two-ounce belly button. You did, but, you know, instead of, <laughs> instead of putting liquor in there, we put some festive McCafe seasoned peppermint hot chocolate and mocha yes. into Mike's belly button. That's you right. were, you loved that. Yes, that's right. Yes. And then, uh, good enough. Yeah. But we did soil. I mean, the grotto, they were so good there, and they had um, tablecloths awesome. out there, yeah. and, the, and some of the car areas had you know, blankets underneath that were just soiled by folds knocking things yeah. over. So yeah. we had to go over to Gord's Appliance and Mattress Center, the holiday sales on. It's amazing. I, I still am baffled. So you buy one? No, that's, that's no longer on. That sale's no longer on. <laughs> good. No, good. Because that got, was like crazy. They've got a better, lower deal sale on. It's their blowout what? sale, holiday sale on right now. Uh, Maytag fridges, the wall ovens, a stainless steel Frigidaire. Unbelievable what they have right now at, at Gord's. Blowout sales. I need me a new fridge. So, hey, you know they have fridges with TVs in them now? I did not know that. And, and that'll actually tell you when you're running low? Oh, those things, yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's crazy. It's a bit scary. I don't know if they have those accords. Oh, they're gimmicks anyways. Yeah. <laughs> okay, let's move on to our next segment. It's uh, first ever edition of The Last Week Media Clique with Kristen Holiday and James Peters. Brought to you by McDonald's. The fact that I'm able to help people every day is the best thing. And also be able to have fun along with my co-workers and then if you talk about how it has helped me outside work i would say financially of course because now i've moved up i started as a crew and i have moved i've moved up all the way up to a fast assistant so now it has definitely paying me more money and in this way i'm able to help my parents they which are back home sometimes buy them good things or even buy myself good things and like i'm totally financially independent living by myself so you say you've worked up the ladder already. Do you want to keep going? And what are your of, goals here? Of course. <laughs> so I started as a crew. I became a crew trainer. I became a shadow. I became a team leader. Then I became a second assistant. And I got promoted to a first assistant like four months ago. So of course, the next step would be a GM. Next step <laughs> would be a GM. Yes, fingers crossed. And then whatever the future brings. But I'm definitely eager to go, grow and learn. Okay, I think you're going to do it. I think you got it, GM. The next GM right here. Yes. <laughs> what did you guys think about that little clip there? Need some work? It's fine. I think Chris is, for uh, the Above the Folds, that's got the best music. Yeah. I think. Although that music is made by a buddy of mine, Scott Finley. He makes all the music, but the graphics department needs some work. In. That's, tidy Whiteys, right? That's me. No? Yeah, the Tidy Whiteys. He's in a band called the Tidy Whiteys. Yeah. yeah. So if they play in town, uh, the Tidy Whiteys play in town, they're going to play all your greatest hits? Yes. Yeah. All the intros? Uh, absolutely. Yeah. Just the intro, like yeah. seven yeah. second clips. Yeah. James Peters, CFJC, Kristen 
Holiday from Castanet. It's our first ever last week media clique segment. James, are you guys okay? Mike and you, because you watch the show, and, yeah. and there's been some comments made about your your hometown. I think where you're we'll from. be okay. Yeah. yeah. I mean, if any city is used to taking some some abuse, it's Winnipeg. A couple on the chin. Yeah, I'm, I'm okay with it. Yeah. yeah. No, we're, it, we're it'll good. be all it'll be all right. And, yeah. and 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 you know, he's talking about the mosquitoes, and I can't. He's not lying. Like yeah. that's that's the truth. Yeah. Winnipeg. It was a yeah. good thing. You know, like they're so big. How yeah. big are you know like that? That's it's it's our yeah no that's and that's the joke that I told you later on is that yes. it's our provincial bird, <laughs> yes, <laughs> yes. mosquito. Kristen, why don't we start with you? Um, council, let's talk about council last yesterday. Anything mm -hmm. st stand out to you about council yesterday? Yeah, I mean there was a couple of interesting things that a bunch of interesting things that came up yesterday. It was a, it was a bit of a newsy day. So um, they they talked uh, quite a lot about the, the financial plan bylaw, um, the, the tax rate coming up. Um, one of the councillors put forward um, uh, basically wanting to do a, um, an efficiency review as well uh, in light of the 10.89%, 10.8% tax rate that uh, uh, that uh, is kind of eyed for next year. Right. Um, there were some other things that came up too. Um, they uh, they talked a bit about the Lansdowne Street corridor and yeah. some uh, potential um, some potential things they're looking at there. It's going to go to a public consultation next. Um, yeah, and uh, I guess the other thing was the. Um, the uh, agencies uh, oh, with BC for housing. review for, yeah. for BC Housing. And and obviously this is something that Reed talked about <laughs> quite a lot on the campaign trail. He's talked a lot about recently still wanting to have that third party review for uh, for agencies. Um, but that's something that council, the rest of council has said, you know what, we're, we're not interested in this. So um, they've decided to pass uh, a motion saying they're gonna send a letter letting it be be known that they're not interested in doing that so lots came up yeah why don't we start with that one then james and get your thoughts on yeah on there, i mean there, there's some wordsmithing going on with that letter um reed uh hammer jackson the, the mayor gave a pretty impassioned defense of uh calling for this uh, third party review of uh, agencies that are funded by bc housing uh and uh, because that was uh, Pretty much a signature campaign uh, issue for Reed is this this review. So he defended it uh, tooth and nail. Um, what council is uh, is relying on is a communication from David Eby from 2021 when yeah. he was the minister in charge of uh, BC Housing, saying no, this is not going to happen. Um, eventually, the discussion yesterday kind of came around to well, if you offer it, we'll take it. it we'd be open to it, but. Um, we're not going to call for it because we accept that you said in 2021 the province said uh, you're not going to do it. Um, so uh, Reed, I mean, eventually, as always happens, Reed and Council just got tired and fed up with arguing with each other, and and Reed sort of dropped it. Yeah, folds any. Well, just on that point, yeah, in 2021, EB was housing minister. Now it's Ravi Kalon, and since then, they've done at least three reviews at the request of the municipalities, uh, August of this year, Maple Ridge, September of this year, Coquitlam, and in June, Penticton. And all three city councils said, we want you to review identical places that we have, just because we have some issues with it. And so BC Housing, uh, the housing minister said, okay, and they did three reviews. 
Uh, actually, the requests were last year. It took a year to, to do them. And all three reviews came in and said they're doing work that needs to be done, but there's deficiencies, and here's what you need to do to maybe improve them. And all three city councils said it helped them greatly and the social service agencies in, in identifying the gaps and saying we should do that. Uh, city council has said that we already know what the issues are, so let's just work together to try to get them done. And, and that's a, that's antagonize these yeah that's 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 a good point. Mm -hmm. But on that point about antagonizing, I disagree with the new stater said. Well, it's going to cause friction. Well, what agency wouldn't want to be improving itself? What agency doesn't do self reviews? Even in the newsroom, when I when I was the editor, I would send out periodically letters to all the reporters saying, what am I doing right? What no, am I never I got one wrong? of those letters. You know, what am I doing? I never got one of <laughs> what, those letters because I would have ripped you. No, what can we do better? What, what, <laughs> yeah. what, <laughs> yeah. I was keeping my own log. What's working, what's not working, how can we improve? And that's all they're asking for. Yeah. So I, I see you know, I see both sides as we talked at the opening of this, this show. I see both sides of this. But to rely, I think the weakness is city council's reliance on a letter that's two years old from a minister who's no longer in the place. And in light of the fact that since then, at least three that I know of, Three reviews have been done at yeah. the request of city councils and other parts of, the, and they say it's it's helped them move forward. Is there, Kristen? Is there a next part of this, like a next part of this story to come? What or is it just is it over now or what? I think so. Well, I, th I, I think so. I mean, I think they're going to say, I, I don't think Reed would say it's over. I, yeah. I think he, he will probably still be pushing for this. He'll bring it up again. Yeah, he'll bring it up again, yeah. Um, yeah, up <laughs> yeah. Again. yeah. Um, but, but certainly, I, I think at this point, um, as far as council is concerned, they're sending the letter. It's the, they, they've, they've said this is, this is not something we want to pursue. Listening to the discussion yesterday, it, it became clear, I think, over the, and it was like a 45-minute discussion yeah. on this one thing, that, um, you know, there, there's part of it that's about the actual content and about the you know the the substance of what they're trying to decide and part of it is just councils dug in and read is right. dug in and they're just never going to come to an agreement on something like yeah this. and then yeah. it gets into all the ancillary stuff like Stephen Carpuck during that discussion and he noted the 45 minute thing and he he, he said you know you're violating section 100 of the uh, community charter I think you're in, in, in conflict and talking about this so it goes into the, all these spokes mm -hmm. all these like it's the letter, but it's way more than yeah. that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, you did a good story. We were talking about the burnt out vehicle on the mayor's lot. You did a story on that. I think it was Monday. You did your story. Uh, Tim wrote that one on Monday. I wrote one about maybe a month ago or so. About a month about, ago. About the about the same thing. Yeah. Um, is there any any comments on, on, on that story? What do, you, what do you think about that? Yeah, well, today is going to be an interesting day because um, the, the fire chief, Ken Uzalak, he, we, I brought a copy along of the, um, the, the order that he gave to Reed to remove this okay. vehicle from, the, from his property. And he gave this to him on Monday, and he has two days. So today is, today two is day, day two. <laughs> yeah, you can. I'm well, really I'll... I'll can you send this to me too, and I'll put it up on this. Yeah, screen. I can. Yeah. It says there the the vehicle has to be removed by Marty's birthday, so. Okay. And today's your birthday. Yeah. They're gonna light it up for like candles. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Forty candles right yeah. there. I think that's what they're trying to avoid yeah. is having yeah. it be lit up again. I wonder. I wonder how this one ends. Any funny thoughts from you? I don't know. I don't, it's. I mean, if if it's not the mayor's property, then are we really talking about it? Uh, some, but it is the mayor's property, right? So we do talk about it. We're gonna we're gonna look at it as a as a newsroom this week as well. Yeah. Um, you know, it is a little strange that a single vehicle that's been lit up what two three times now two uh, times. is still uh, is still just sitting there. Um, 
you know, I get both. Once, once again, I get Reed saying, if I had 50 vehicles yeah. here, uh, I've got a, uh, the proper zoning and the business license to have a, a car lot here. If I had 50 vehicles, it wouldn't be an issue, but because I've got only, only one, it is. At the same time, you know, clearly this thing is attracting, uh, you know, people who want to keep warm or, you know, want to use it as shelter. It's It looks like it's been neglected because it's a burnt-out vehicle yeah. a lot, right? I think the so. fire chief had said, I mean, we, I've driven, I've driven by it. There's been some, I think, plywood or some wood on top of it yeah. now. Um, there's, I think uh, Ken Uzlock was saying, there is a sleeping bag found inside. Yeah, yeah. So. there's like cinder blocks and yeah. cardboard. <laughs> and Yeah, exactly. Material, it's, been, it's attracting um, stuff that you don't want. Right? Let's move away from Reed and talk about build Kamloops um, folds. Do you want to lay this one out? Just enough. We should talk about the update because people want to know. Build Kamloops is this idea of city council to go to do to do a whole bunch of uh, proposals, yeah. not just the Perform Air Center, but maybe a curling center, maybe more sheets of ice, maybe RCP detachment. Yeah. Put them all under city one Hall, big yeah. one big referendum to say this is our plan for the next 20, 30 years. It's going to cost this much money, and we're going to do it in stages. But we want approval now rather than go piecemeal every time and fight tooth and nail to try to get it done right. So. What's the update as to when we might go to a referendum or whether we'll go to counter petition, which might be a uh, might be a wiser thing because it gives them two shots at it rather than one. So, what have you heard at City Hall about what's going on with Bill Kamloops? Go ahead. Uh, well, uh, I think the last that I've heard, um, there was a committee me a committee meeting back uh, last month, I believe it was, where they where they talked about that they they brought up the. Um, RCMP detachment upgrades that they're looking yeah. at doing, mm -hmm. um, and then they heard from the the numerous kind of committees that are working behind the scenes. Um, they they looked at uh, it was a, I think a comparison. They done a study of similar uh, similar cities that had put in these recreational facilities. Looked at some of the prices. There was some pools that were like 110, 120 million. They were looking at for the costs. So they were able to give the committee an idea maybe of, of what some of these costs, what some of the lead times for specialized parts um, they're looking at. Right. So there, there's a lot of things they talked about. I think they said in that case about half of the cities that had done this process went through an assent vote. Yes. So you really have to be some borrowing. It's such a, yeah. it's oh, a yeah. huge mm -hmm. uh, Well, they can do two things, plan, right? right? They can, they, after, after a certain point, this is a, this reaches into the stratosphere of, of money where they, they either have to they go to referendum and if it gets killed, you're done or they just approve it. But then the counter petition allows people to 30 days, I think, to get 10% of electors. And you gave me a history lesson about 2008. Well, 2008 was the first and might be the only time, I think, in BC where it, it succeeded. And that was the parkade in the parkade Riverside Park. In and the parking lot. In the parking lot, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, the, and, and the people who like the park, the farmer's market crowds, as I call them, they didn't like that. And it was only $11 million, I think, back then. So council approved it. The, and thinking that this possibly couldn't be done because getting getting enough signatures, 10% of the signatures within the 80 days, 90 days, whatever it is, is very hard to do. But they got way more than that. And they, they presented to City Council, the City Hall, and, they, and Council then has two, two options. They, they, then they go to referendum or they just kill it. And with the parquet, they knew with the massive amount of signatures that they weren't going to win this in a referendum, so they just forgot about it. Yeah. So if they go to this build Kamloops, or if they did this in 2015 when the PAC referendum was defeated, they could have just approved it. But if people come back and say, we don't want it, go to referendum, if you get a lot of people who don't want it, then you're, you're looking like you're screwed, right? So, but I think going to a counter, a counter petition, the assent is probably 
the wiser thing to do because if you go to referendum and it's voted down, you're done. If you go to if you disapprove it and then you people say, well, we get enough signatures, we want to go to vote. Then you go to vote. Then you might win. Yeah. The the uh, appeal to going to referendum, I think, is you feel you have more of a mandate. You have yeah. more. Uh, if you win a referendum, you have an actual uh, movement forward. of yeah. people uh, who have said yes, we approve of this. Mm-hmm. The big mm-hmm. thumbs up. Do you think? Uh, do you think? What, what do you think would happen if, if a referendum came up right on now? That? Probably. I, I wouldn't. I wouldn't give it. Much. I wouldn't bet on <laughs> it. Because look at right? think of think in, in this entire century. This is probably the worst time to do anything with respect yeah. to more money. We got a, we got the the highest tax tax increase this century, this year, again next year, will be higher. You have water rates going through the roof. You have concerns about wages at City Hall, about you know about about just increases with the with the the QP uh, cops, which is out of their out of their out of their control. firefighters. It's all coming up. So I wouldn't I wouldn't bet on it. Yeah. Did you have thoughts? Were you wanting to say something, or are you just leaning in and gazing? <laughs> Were you gazing at James? <laughs> I, I was gazing longingly <laughs> at James. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> no, you know, I, I was actually mesmerized by the brain trust that we have going on here right now, <laughs> by uh, what this represents. Uh, and I think that uh, uh, you can imagine the bigger picture of being able to tackle things together and work together to do um, to make Kamloops a better place. Is, uh, this is a really cool thing mm-hmm. that's going on here. So uh, that's all i got to say. But it was, so you, you, brought out, you brought up the Lansdowne congestion that was a topic yesterday do you want to recap or talk a bit more about that yeah i mean just briefly um the they're they're looking at this um intersection it's a really busy intersection um they're saying obviously i we've all driven it 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 backs up quite a bit especially during peak times along lansdowne up first um uh, and so they're saying that with some changes um they will be able to improve the traffic flow along lansdowne um the change that they're looking at um is the uh there's a turn left turn going yeah i get confused with the direction going south on first going up first right in front of city hall you take a left into 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 victoria Victoria. that's that's relatively new that's relatively new and that would be gone so yeah. people okay. couldn't go there, and that, cause that's going to concern people in the right. Victoria in the, Street. The businesses, businesses because yeah. that's why it's there in the first yeah, place. to get them so in there, right. Is to get them onto Victoria Street. And yeah. so that would change into a left-hand turn going onto Lansdowne. And so then you wouldn't have the... No, you'd have to go up to Seymour to get back into downtown, coming the other way. Yeah. yeah. Okay, right. Yeah. I always yeah. feel yeah. that <laughs> with, with when it comes to traffic decisions... This is something that every Tom, Dick, and Harry in town has an opinion on. Yeah. Like, oh, they should do this and that and this. Um, but that is, you know, tra- the way traffic flows, there's science behind it, yeah. right? And they do studies, and I, I, I always feel like it's best left to Defer the people to the who do the studies yep. to, to figure out how um, to get traffic flowing the best way. I think I can. agree. I agree with that. Mm-hmm. I, I don't have a good opinion on it because I don't, I don't know the science behind what would work better. I understand what the businesses are saying, though. If they, yep. they want people to, to be at the businesses, it makes sense. Mm-hmm. I just don't really know because I'm not down there enough. I never noticed the back. Like, is it that bad? Like, it, is, is, is it, it does that? back up. You, you, you come from a Blazers game, especially too. But um, you know, it'll be backed up on Lansdowne. Everybody coming from the Blazers game to get up the hill to Sally or Aberdeen. Even or even during during like four. But, but four, is this like Camloops yeah, bad? Night every day. It, is Cam- bad. it is Camloops. Yeah, 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 absolutely. It's not Vancouver. It's not Vancouver bad. But we're not in Vancouver, so it is. It is a concern. You think we're in Pittsburgh? 
Well, with the, with the gondola? Yeah, we need a gondola. Unbelievable. No, it's... It, what do you it, think it, about gondolas? Do you think it's an idea... Can you, you watch a show? Like his well, I, I wouldn't want to... Once again, I wouldn't want to <laughs> put a referendum out for a gondola <laughs> no, right now. No, no, no. Well, we should put a referendum <laughs> for the overpass then, if that's the case, and see, we'll see the people. I think that would fail, like, tomorrow. Where, where are you from originally? Vancouver. Vancouver, yeah. okay. Yeah. I yeah. could see gondolas. Are there gondolas in Vancouver? Well, they don't have a gondola. They've got the Grouse Mountain they, uh, tram. Yeah, or whatever yeah. Call it. and, and there's, there's long been talk um, about a gondola. Fraser, right? Exactly. We could do one at Mount Paul. There was one proposed for Mount Paul by that shady guy who also had the Cedric's Water Park oh, thing. Oh, right. He wanted to build a gondola with a rotating restaurant at the top of St. Paul. Oh, weird. It didn't work. the view from up there. Yeah, it didn't work. Call him shady here. Shocker. I think he's I didn't, town. I didn't mention his name. And, and hey, <laughs> he, he, likes the, he likes the summer. So that's all. He goes by trees. But no, I, I'll, I'll say again, he's shady. Shady as hell. <laughs> I know people who lost money in that, so, yeah. You don't have a I job. did. I don't lost, have a job I lost money. money. No, I didn't. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Okay, I, what else do we want to talk about? Anything I else? wanted to mention, just uh, Kristen touched on it briefly, but one thing that happened at Council uh, this week that I haven't really seen um, in my, you know, now I'm like in my 17 years here in, in Kamloops and Covenant Council, is that Council did ask, uh, they, they asked for, I think, more than efficiencies from staff, as they asked, actually asked uh, staff to come back and tell us where we might be able to make cuts. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And uh, city council has not discussed service cuts seriously before. Mm -hmm. uh, so that was that. I think um, you know the the councilors heard loud and clear that 11 percent tax increase is uh, not going to be palatable to a lot of people. Um, so they said, come back with some suggestions as to where we can actually make cuts. The, the um, staffs. Um, practice is to come back with a budget uh, is to come to council with a budget every year that maintains service levels exactly where they are and and there's some increases that go with them uh, those service levels because of uh, negotiated uh, staffing agreements and that type of thing okay um, but this is the first time like I say that they've they've actually asked staff to come back with some areas where we could cut services and I think that's um, it's probably a wise thing for council to do to say we we have to take this um, these tough decisions yeah. on making cuts on ourselves as opposed to uh, letting staff so you uh, try to make those decisions. They've heard, th they're hearing the sentiment out there. They have to, I mean, 11% is something, uh, you know, the, the other jurisdictions might be more used to, but Kamloops is certainly not used to 11%, yeah. so there's a lot of property owners who are not going to be uh, not going to be happy with that. And plus, prospect. Kamloops taxes are amongst the highest in the province. They're, uh, I think it's the top five in the entire province, the tax rate, very, very high. So, you know, my house, I pay, I pay less taxes, I pay more taxes than my brother who lives in North Vancouver, his house is worth far more than mine. So, there is... There's an argument there that we are highly taxed here. There's yeah. reasons for it, but there are other cities similar size that pay far, Maple Ridge, almost the same size as us. Yeah. 30, I think 30 square kilometers smaller. Their tax bill is half. Of we, ours. we we talked to Helen yeah. about this. Yeah. So. Any vacation plans? You get about 19 weeks vacation a year, so <laughs> I, I can't believe the length of the Castanet vacations. What? You Where'd you, you took a vacation this? last Where year. I was following this? you on Instagram. It was probably a 40, 14 week vacation. 14 weeks. Uh, well, 14 weeks. That's right. Wow. Is that, is Instagram that what you have? Lives. Instagram lives. <laughs> Instagram. <laughs> how many how many weeks do you guys get there? I, I have I have. 
three weeks yeah, of vacation. Yeah, right. There's no three way that was only three weeks vacation. And and then in and dog then we'll get a week at, in dog years. <laughs> and then we'll get a week at Christmas. So so I've got a week between Christmas and New Year's, and that'll so be four. Good. I'll be paying attention to, to that. Yeah. Yeah. Fourteen. Hmm. How many yeah. weeks do you do you guys get? Or I guess on seniority. Well, yeah, uh, yeah. It's uh, you know we've we're uh, negotiated agreement. So yeah. you start up at three, I believe, and then you as you get longer yeah. in the tooth, you get more vacation time. I think I maxed out at five. Four or five, yeah. So five. Yeah. I was at five. I think and I got to five. And you're saying that we have a long Well, but you just, you don't care what the actual <laughs> parameters are. You just go to France for four months and that's fine. Okay. <laughs> anything else, Mike? We good? I, I don't have anything else to add, but... Um, Continue yeah. abusing our guests. <laughs> yeah. and <that'd> be awesome. <laughs> we'll be back. Yeah. yeah. Okay, James, Kristen, thanks. We'll see you next time, hopefully. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks, Mike. How are you doing today? Good, thank you. How are you? Uh, you know, I was a little sad. Oh. I was a little bit sad because the Black Friday sale is over. <laughs> but, 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 wait. Wait. <laughs> the Boxing Week blowout is here. It is. What can you tell me about the Boxing Week blowout? Boxing Week. Boxing Week blowout. We've got a few things going on. A couple of, we got a nice microwave that we're going to blow out. It's over here. This one right over here. Yeah. It's been sitting around for a while. It's, it's a beautiful microwave. A it's a lovely. Also, this black stainless steel Whirlpool range, regular $19.49, on for $14.49. $500 savings. That's $500 off, folks. And it's a beauty. It's got nice three racks. It is uh, Aqualift self clean, so you don't have the high temperature. It just does it with water and steam. Uh, frozen bake, so if you put a frozen lasagna or pizza in, you push that and it goes to the temperature that it's supposed to be for that. Okay. Um, this would be a beautiful pop of colour if you have a white kitchen and you just want to go, ta-da! Um, <laughs> great deal. Three burners on the top, a lot of people like that because you can put all three of your pot sizes. Brad Swicker, what do you think about that intro video above the fold? It was awesome. Not it was bad, awesome. eh? Good yeah. music. Knocked me out. Mm -hmm. You know what's awesome? The face. Uh... You. You. <laughs> he is. We, we know Brad pretty well. We've yeah. known you for a, a long, long time. time yeah. yeah. Um, we used to go to the Fox and Hound and have beverages, and you'd like the shepherd's pie sometimes. Yes. Uh, but you're here to, not to talk about that. <laughs> we can if you we, like. We can talk about that, but <laughs> I want to talk to you about the award. Um, it is, let me sure, make sure I get this right, Toronto Blues Society's Blues Booster of the Year Award. It's a national award for your basically support of blues in, in the country, right? So yeah. what does this mean to you? Um, absolutely nothing. Can we talk about something else? <laughs> no, it's, it's, uh, it's funny because I, I mentioned to somebody, I think maybe for the some of the prep for the bio, that I, I just do this because I want to, because I love the music, I love the people and that sort of thing, and for something like this to come along is just... What? You, you had no idea? No idea. No. How does one no. win this award? Who nominates you? Uh, it's, it's, it's a good question. Uh, well, the Toronto Blues Society, but they must have a committee. Um, I'm assuming, and they just... It, it's a support uh, position. So you have... Uh, the awards are generally for musicians. So these are for uh, the broadcasters, writers, uh, festival organizers, that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. Um so they, I guess they decided uh, I've been doing this the show for over 20 years <coughs> and it was time to... I was going to ask you, yeah. is this specifically because of At the Crossroads or is it like a um, compilation, a compilation of, of, of your, your accomplishments? Yeah, I, I think both. I think the show is probably the, the, the major yeah, part yeah. of it, yeah. but uh, you know, there's uh, concert promotion and fundraising and you know... What is that? This is a calendar. Can you see that? The blues in black and white. I'll blow it up big on the screen too. Okay. Yes. 
Um, it's just a fundraising thing I've done with my own festival photographs, and the money goes to um, Kamloops Brain Injury. Mm, cool. Good. Been doing it for. Uh, the, the stepdaughter of a good friend of mine had a brain injury, so that's kind of the okay, that's the, link the connection. There. Yeah. <laughs> for, for those uh, who don't know, what is at the crossroads? How long have you been doing it for? Uh, it's a 60-minute weekly blues program. Uh, started in February 2003. Uh, so it's coming up on its 21st birthday. Uh, it's, it focuses on new blues. There's a couple of segments. Uh, one's a classic cut, sort of for perspective. On, on the new material, but the whole point is to say, okay, here, here's 12 new songs, well actually 11, this week, the best stuff I could find this week, we'll do it again next week. Why did you start doing it? Um, I was doing a blues show at the university station at the time, but of course it's very localized, so I just thought, well, I'd like to get some, do something that's got a, a larger reach, uh, get into syndication plus the internet. Mm-hmm. So and is this a job kind of, for you? Like a, a, a well, I mean, I do it like a job. It doesn't pay, but um, so that's, again, back it's back to the to the love of the project. That's, Have that's you heard the, at the crossroads? Is heard Canada, U.S., Europe? Europe Have you heard yeah. from people in Europe or elsewhere who've who've reached out just unsolicited to say, "Hey, I like this show," or "Here's someone you want to listen to," or just yes. to give you some ideas? Yeah, I, yeah. I get music all the time from yeah. people that, that have obviously plugged into the program or heard about it mm-hmm. and sent it to me to, to be checked out. I don't get a lot of feedback. It's it's a pretty solitary mm-hmm. kind of thing. Obviously, the Toronto Blues Society is aware of it. Yeah, <laughs> that's good. But um, yeah, it, it's it's kind of an, an odd profession. I think any broadcaster will tell you, you know, sitting in a studio all by yourself, you might have an engineer or something, but it's uh, it's pretty solitary. Mike, you've known Brant for a while too, right? Um, oh, yeah. And what do, you, well, what do you make of this award and, and kind of what Brant's meant to the blues community? I, I think it's really uh, well-deserved. Uh, Brant's being, uh, you know, we do music in the park and all the bands are there sound checking and Brant shows up and basically they stop, they ignore me totally and just <laughs> talk to Brant. Um, he's been such a supporter of music. You were very supportive of us with uh, River Song guitars and and uh, yep. and just uh, you, you know you're you're really held in in high regard with with musicians and, and what you're doing. Um, and I remember when you started the um, uh, at the crossroads at Henry Small's studio. Uh, way, 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 way back uh, yeah. then, and and uh, and also you were involved with the uh, Blues Underground too, right? Yes, and we started uh, at least one, maybe two uh, other uh, spin-off blues societies. Mm-hmm. Uh, they didn't last all that long, maybe a year, but that was a blast bringing in bands and you know, everything from Powder Blues to Kenny Blues Boss Wayne, and, and uh, that was a great time. So yeah, it, it's that's part of that background, I guess. Mm-hmm. Is that right. there's in fact, in this building here, didn't we do something in in the maybe the nineties? Somebody saw Highway One Hundred and One or something like that in this building. Was that you? It was a uh, it was blues somebody, band. It was somebody, somebody else. else. Somebody else. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Well, he was really great to work with, so I thought it might have been you. <laughs> it's possible. I, I, it was more than a week ago. I don't remember. Uh, yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. But so, uh, yeah. Congrats on it, anyways. Thank yeah. you. 
So we got something in common. Uh, you, you, uh, I, I uh, spent about 10 days driving through the deep south of the U.S., Alabama, Mississippi, yeah. Georgia, Tennessee, Arkansas, oh. and I got to Tupelo. <laughs> uh, it's not Blues, but it was Elvis's home. Yeah, that was kind of cool. Bluesy, yeah. And then I got to Muscle Shoals, yeah. but I never got to the Delta, you know, to Meridian. So you have um, organized at least two, if not more, tours for blues aficionados. You fly down south, and you take yeah. them on a tour of all the blues... The birth of the blues, right? Yeah. yeah. Tell us about, a little bit about that. I sort of affectionately called it a, a Delta crawl. Mm -hmm. um, uh, in 2018, I think, 2015, we flew from Vancouver to Houston to Memphis. And then from there, it was a two-week sort of a slide down through the Delta yeah. Yeah. to New Orleans. Uh, and we stopped at, at uh, Clarksdale and uh, Greenwood, um, Vicksburg. Crystal Springs, which is the Robert Johnson Museum, and then New Orleans itself. So it focused on, on music, food, history, did Civil War stuff. Vicksburg, big battle. Oh, yeah. Yes, yeah. absolutely. And, and there's a huge park there that you yeah. have to take a bus through. Very cool. To see where they only charged up here and the guns were over here. And Neat. Yeah. Wow. So when I was in, uh, one last, this is fascinating, because yeah. that, that's the deep south. Fascinating. That's the deep south. Yes. In the far, almost far north, when I was in Edmonton, I lived in Edmonton for five or six years in the 80s, Amos Garrett. Big Miller, Rusty and the Southside Shuffle, Gay Delorme. Do you know yeah. those names? Oh, yeah. I, I worked in a Billy Bud's Blues Bar, <laughs> and it was fantastic. And that's where I learned, I, I learned a bit about blues and listened to all the blues. But Edmonton has a huge blues. Yes. Right? Yeah, Blues on White. Yeah, Blues on White. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. All kinds of places. Yeah, yeah cool. Yeah. You've talked about why well, do it for the love. Where does the love come from? Why, do, why blues? Why do you love blues? It's a good question because it, 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 was, it wasn't sort of a wake up one morning and there it is. It was an evolution uh, and I think I, at some point, maybe in the early 70s, I kind of looked back and went, oh yeah, the early Beatles, early Stones was all R&B. And then Stax, the label, was my favorite label in the 60s. So Sam and Dave and, and uh, Otis Redding, all that sort of stuff. So it was a, kind of a retrospective. And, uh, and then decided, well, I guess I, I just things kept evolving and, and the things I preferred had a blues orientation to it. It wasn't necessarily John Lee Hooker at the yeah. time. That came later, I think. And then, uh, say, the campus station, I started doing a blues show because we needed one and uh, one thing led to another. So it was a gradual growth. Campus, we're going to ask about campus radio. Are you, you're not involved now? No, I'm retired. Yeah. What do you make of the state of campus radio in, in general? Generally, it's pretty good. I think it's it's the saving grace for a lot of material, like the blues, like jazz, classical, spoken word, all that stuff. Yes, yeah. which you know, a lot of commercial radio does what it does, but it doesn't do a lot of that sort of thing. So, right. um, it, it's I think it's it's uh, it, it's one of the great sectors. I mean, you get CBC, commercial, and campus community. So, praise be. Praise be. Praise be. We were going to ask you about, uh, well, Folds brought this up. I didn't really know this. You're kind of an amateur historian. Well, we did just talked about that a little bit with the blues, but in Kamloops, um, you led walks connected to the tragic shootings in June 1962. Yeah. What yeah. was that? Well, that was George Booth yep. shot Booth and killed Ridge. three Mounties in yes. Peterson Creek, right? Yeah. What? Where does your interest in that come from? Again, uh, I think even from you know, being a young person in, in school, uh, history and geography were my two favorite subjects. And I remember when I, a few years after I got here uh, in the mid-80s, um, somebody told me the story about the shooting, and I just, I just couldn't believe it. So years later, I decided to start digging into it, and mm. sure enough, it's, 
I, I, I hope it'll progress to something written or maybe mm. for the screen, but we're not there yet. So. Yeah, very interesting story. In yeah. fact, still to this day, if you drive up to Nutsford and you take a left on either Rose Hill Road or Long Lake Road or one of those roads, it's on private property, but if you do go in there on a nice summer day and you hop a fence and you go through the fields, <laughs> if you go walk Careful. far enough, you'll come to the top of the waterfalls you can't see that go down Peterson Creek, but midway there, what, what's there? Well, there is a cairn. A cairn. That, uh, the father of George John, Booth. Apparently, apparently his name is John Wilkes Booth. John Wilkes Booth, imagine yeah, that. Eh? There you go. Yeah. Uh, a different guy, obviously, but uh, he built it um, in honor of his... In memory, memory of his, his son. son. Yeah. yeah, and it's like, a, it's, like it's got rocks. It's and right below the, the TV... Tower. Well, there's a, a, a microwave tower yeah. up there, so it's down below on a bench. Isn't that amazing, eh? Yeah. I think that's, that's just crazy. Yeah. Fascinating. It is. It's truly fascinating. Yeah. Do you want to tell us about the calendar? How can people support? Uh, well, I guess the simplest thing is probably it's not available in stores. <laughs> um, isn't that what they say? On, yeah, yeah. It's not available <laughs> yeah, in stores. Um, can you tell? Send me an email, I guess, at uh, atcblues at gmail.com. Okay. And we can work it out. I'll okay. Meet somebody somewhere and... How much do these things go for? They're $20, uh, of which the bulk goes to uh, recoup the net, or the, uh, the expenses, and then the net goes to uh, Camus brain injury. Photo editor Dave Eagles. There you go. The Hawks everywhere. Now. Dave the yeah, Hawk yeah. Eagles. Yeah. There yeah. you go. Look at some of these photos. You should put some of these photos on because they're really, really cool. Like we got, we got pushed out of the standing date because him and Eagles still meet for beer, but we just we don't get the invite. I guess not, eh? Uh, <laughs> we should, we should, we should, uh, we should revive that wings night at uh, the Fox just once in a while. We could. Yeah. Every once in a while. Are you off the Fox? Or are you, are you no, no. I, I just don't come out of the house much anymore. Yeah. This is a rare occasion. Yeah, well, we're glad you blessed. came in. Praise be. <laughs> okay, thanks a lot, Brent. Appreciate it. Thank you, guys. Thanks. Volkswagen. Folds is yawning. Phone's going off, yawning. Doesn't care. High school basketball. I want to talk about the Fulton Cup high school basketball. Um, you like that tournament? I love it. I love it. It's like the Spengler Cup of Cam Kamloops. You got all the city, uh, all the city and outlying areas basketball teams. I like it because you got teams that are normally played just A or double A AA or triple A. They usually all play together, so you're up against. It's like an open tournament. You've got St. Anne's versus South Cam, yeah. which would never happen otherwise. You, yeah. uh, you must love this conversation already too. I went to high school at Fulton Secondary School, so I was wondering if it had anything the to do with that. The Maroons! The Maroons! Yeah, out there. No, it has nothing to do with that. This is Fulton Company, the law firm, sponsors it. It has actually for more than 25 years and donated $80,000 in bursaries. Wow. You got teams from like Barrier, Clearwater, all the city, and they and they and they play. You know, the Come junior together. boys, junior girls, senior girls, senior mm -hmm. boys, and they all each 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 division wins a championship. Yeah, it's pretty it cool. It's pretty cool. I, I don't mind plugging sponsors like that. I mean, that's that's a well, they're, they're fourteen this more this year. It's three hundred dollars each. These sponsor um, scholarships go to to athletes. It's community. Community yeah. is supposed to help each other. Yeah, yeah. that's great. Awesome. Fulton Cup. It runs. 20th to the 22nd, so Wednesday to Friday at the TCC. They have their media conference every single year, and I love to go to it. It's a great chance to get some high school kids some love and, and show uh, what they're up to in the community. And a new guy's taking over. So Will Blair, do you know who Will Blair is? He's a longtime teacher, 
great organizer of this tournament. One of the nicest guys, every year he gets the media involved and he gets all the high school students gathered so and all the press in one place. So he's kind of taking a step aside. Uh, and Sean Garvey is taking over. Sean Garvey is a well-known... Former um, Wolfpack basketball player? Yes, basketball guy. Yeah. Still involved in basketball. And he's kind of taking over organizing this tournament. And he has some ideas, some new ideas. He didn't want to give too many away. But one of them he did, and it's a half-court shot to win a car. They're going to have that most likely. He said it's not 100% done deal yet, but it sounds like it's going to happen on the Friday night of one of the finals where people, I think it's going to be students or parents, whoever wants to. I don't know exactly the format, but there's going to be some kind of competition where you can go, and if you make a half-court shot, you're going to win a car. It's it's not a burned out car that's the thing that's being moved. <laughs> it's, Reed, it's Reed's car from, from his lot <laughs> that's the thing is we don't know what car it is but anyway I asked yeah. students about that and you can see that in this video right here I've always got ideas anyone care to share uh, no not yet not until I get things off the ground but uh, actually no, we'll share one I think we're doing a half court shot for uh, a car uh, during the championship game is something I've, I've added this year or this year this year half court shot for a car in the championship yeah free draw free entry to draw um, but we haven't finalized that yet so okay um, but that's that's in the works interesting so do you know which that'd be the final day of the tournament then or? final day will be friday the 22nd i think the championship game is around 7 15 and so we'll do the half court shot at uh at halftime of that championship game did you hear about this half court shot to win a car uh no i had no idea but hopefully i get to shoot it because <laughs> i would love a new car i really need one right now what do you drive right now uh 92 accord <laughs> 92 christmas accord. lights <laughs> christmas lights oh it's got christmas I said the dash. <laughs> okay. I did not hear anything about that yet. I just heard about it too. That's do you exciting. have a car? I do have a car, but I wouldn't mind getting another one. 2004 Toyota Camry. Okay, I hear yeah. there's rumors of a half court shot to win a car this year. Really? <laughs> <laughs> what would you do if you made that shot? I would sell my car and then <laughs> have that one. <laughs> Sean Garvey is so connected to the to the basketball community. Uh, he knows everybody. He knows all the coaches. He knows all the kids. Uh, he's got a lot of energy, uh, and I, I just think it's it's time for that for that new energy to come and and uh, build some new connections and and try some new things. So he's excited about about taking it on, and uh, and I'm always going to be here to to kind of help him and support him. Um, I drive a Subaru, an Impreza. Okay, what year? Do you know? 2018. 2018. Did you hear this rumor? I heard there's going to be a half-court shot to win a car this year. Oh, really? <laughs> That's what I hear. I don't know. Maybe I'd give it to my parents. <laughs> you wouldn't keep it, eh? Well, I already have one. That's right. Okay. Oh, it's meant the world to me. I love this tournament. I love seeing the, the kids from Kamloops that come together. They look forward to it every year uh i get to hang out in the gym and watch ball for three days before the christmas break it's a it's a cool event and it's something that i'm going to continue to to attend uh as long as it's here and i think it's going to be here a long time and you can win a car if you make it have you I'd heard love these that. rumors no that'd be sick though i need a car so that'd <laughs> do you be have sick. a car now i don't have a car i'm driving my mom's car so I, i'd love a car if you made that shot in front of all these people I think we'd all be jumping up, up and down. I think my parents would celebrate the hardest. They're trying to find one that's pretty hard right now. They wouldn't so. have to buy you a car. Yeah, exactly. Well, for us at Fulton, community is really big. 
Um, so we like to get uh, behind anything with that sort of community focus to it. And uh, it's just something we really like to do to, to foster that kind of community spirit. Have you heard these rumors about a half-court shot to win a car? No, I haven't heard about that, actually. What do you drive? I, I drive a Honda Civic SI 2012. Okay, so you're not in real need of a car. Um, it's in the shop at the moment, but I'm not in need of a car, no, I would say. If you made that shop, how would you celebrate? <sighs> well, what car am I getting? <laughs> what did you drive in high school, Mike? <laughs> My car that I drove was a 14-foot uh, milk van. No way. Yes, yeah. I had a, I had the biggest vehicle in, in high school. We didn't <laughs> have extra vehicles, and, and that's that's what I drove. A 14-foot yeah. milk van? Yeah. What color? It was 1979. It was white. white. I sold it to Sam's Custom Cabinets here in Kamloops uh, in the 90s. I don't know if it's still around wow, or not. That's but, cool. Uh, that's very cool. I guess a milk van would be white. Yeah, well, usually. The only member that you should deliver the milk to your doorstep. Yeah. yeah, we we used it. That was our main uh, delivery truck for our sound company. So we would go out and do concerts and stuff. And I was really getting into, because, you know, you turn 16, you get your license. And I started doing a, a lot of concerts. And, and uh, after school, I'd go straight to the store, and, and we'd go and do different shows and stuff. Do yeah. you hotbox cool. it? <laughs> Never hotbox that, hot no. <laughs> what about you? I, I, didn't, I didn't get licensed until I was 24. So I didn't have Whoa, a car. I have a car. Big news. You live at home too until you're 24. 24. Why? I just never, I'm not a car guy. I never wanted to drive. I would li always, I lived in Abbotsford where I got, my buddies had cars. I moved to Edmonton to go to college. You got buses there. I lived in Vancouver for a while. So when I got my first job as a reporter in Abbotsford in, in, in 92, I was 24 out of college. I didn't know how to drive. So for the first couple months, I was cabbing it. I was faking it, eh? Getting this <laughs> and I was getting expensive. So I took some lessons, three lessons, got my license, and there you go. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's got to be more to the story. Like, you, not being a car guy, no, that's not enough. Like, you're, are you a guy who likes to get around places? Yeah, but there was enough options. My buddies had cars. Uh, I'd buy a six-pack. We'd jump in his car, get some dope, you know, spend the weekend <laughs> or stuff, right? And they always had needed. the cars, right? You know, Did, get some acid. I get, you know, another buddy with the cars. <laughs> that was the weekends back there. But I, but I never, like... All, I, all, a lot of my friends are like, hey, when I turn 16, I'm going to get a car. I just don't care about cars. I just want something A to B. And at that time, there was even no bus service in Abbotsford. So it was basically, yeah, get some dope, get some booze. And, and, you, and, you, and, you, and your buddy, you go to your parties. You go to house parties. You go back and forth. You end up walking home. And yeah, that's all we needed. Okay. Yeah. Well, what was your first car? An 84 Accord. Yeah. We, yeah. we call Very it safe, sensible. Bomber. Yeah. And uh, my buddy actually crashed it on the way to a rugby game. I couldn't drive. I think it's still my learner, so my buddy had to drive it. And he rear-ended somebody and ended up getting a blue hood on it. Oh, wow. Uh, so we had the brown, Racing stripe. Uh, yeah, it was just a big, a big blue hood <laughs> on a brown car. I eventually totaled that car, too. But, uh, yeah, that's my story. Yeah. Okay, let's wrap the show here. And before we do, I want to talk a little bit about the um, emergency weather shelter real quick. That's back on Camelot's uh, Alliance Church. North north end of uh, Overlander's Bridge. Mm. Last year was the first year, and, it's, and, and uh, as... Uh, um, the, uh, the 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 uh, mustard seed and um, and the church together they run this emergency shelter. I think it's if it gets to minus ten or five centimeters and snow or on the ground, five centimeters of accumulated snow. They open up the shelter. And last year it, it was it was very well done because the operators mustard seed and the, and the church they went out and they canvassed the neighborhood and said this is what we're going to do. Any suggestions? They were very proactive. And it turns out that was one of the most successful shelters in the city with very few complaints and mm. efficiency and, and and a lot of volunteers helping move the people back and forth 
it could be a model for how shelters yeah. are, are built in Kamloops. They're doing it again this year. That's all I wanted to talk about about that. But they're also, Kamloops Alliance Church, they're doing two Christmas Eve services up at Sun Peaks. Um, they're expecting oh. about 800 people. I think it's the first time of this magnitude they've done it. Wow. There, there's ever been a Christmas Eve service like this up there. Um, part of it is they just want to kind of have, have a festive um, church occasion. But they're also planning to plant a church up there. I think it would be the first... I think it would be the be first, the first uh, physical church. First physical church in some wow. I think. Mm-hmm. Anyway, this is Chris Thronis. He's the lead pastor, and I had a quick chat with him. So over the last, like, I don't know, Marty... 12 months, 10, 12 months, we've really been in a discernment process to figure out where's a, another church that we can start or plant. And so we've identified Sun Peaks as a growing local municipality. Um, more and more people are wanting to be a part of a very cool and expanding um, city up there. And so there's no permanent local church up there. And so a part of our process is to say, hey, we're here and we want to be a part of the story of Sun Peaks on a longer term scale. So How do we start that? Well, we're going to start that this Christmas. On Christmas Eve, um, we are going up to the Grand Hotel Ballrooms, and we are facilitating, hosting two services, 5.30 p.m. and 7.30 p.m. there in the ballroom uh, for the people, the masses that are going to be there uh, at Sun Peaks over that Christmas season. And so we're thrilled. We're excited, a little fearful, too, about doing something new, but uh, the anticipation level is quite high. And what can people expect at these services Yeah, so they'll be 60 minutes long, uh, 5.30 to 6.30, then 7.30 to 8.30. Um, Live band, lively but reflective Christmas carols, a message of hope, some some stories of transformation that we get to share with people. Uh, And then some light uh, refreshments and hospitality at the end, just to say, hey, Merry Christmas to everybody who attends. They're family-friendly, 60 minutes long, family-friendly. Any age uh, is welcome. And uh, yeah, we're just so thrilled to welcome people there. For people who don't know, I mean, you don't have to be a religious person or a Christian to go to these services, correct? No, no, totally. Like we actually have a lot of maybe the skeptic or the person who doesn't come to these services a lot in mind when we uh, when we craft them. So yeah, anybody's welcome. Uh, it's just going to be such a warm kind of nostalgic, um, reflective Christmas service that um, yeah is open to anybody. Did you ever go to Christmas Eve services? No, but Dave Eagles uh, used to belong to that church. Yeah. The Alliance, yeah. How about you You guys ever, any church services? Yeah, yeah, Catholic churches and, and uh, yeah. Yeah. We used to go 11 o'clock, the 11 o'clock service at Peace Portal every year. Um, yeah, so you can find that complete interview on our YouTube page. It ta- he talks a lot more about the emergency weather shelter and what they're doing up at Sun Peak. So Canlos last week YouTube YouTube page for that. That's about it for the show. Remember questions for Buddy and Santa? Email those. So excited about that. <laughs> yeah. last week at gmail.com. Yes. Santa's coming. Santa's coming. Yes. <laughs> Thanks to the Kamloops Blazers, to Macca Ranch. These are all our sponsors. To Volkswagen at Kamloops, to McDonald's, and to Gord's Appliance and Mattress Center. We can't do the show without you. We're up to 535 subscribers. We're, we're going towards six honey. We're going to get there quick. For Christopher Folds, for Magic Mike, and for Bill, I'm Marty. We'll see you last week.